0: following program is paid for by the Cadillac Foundation. It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610-KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall. Hello, friends. Welcome to Cadillac On Call presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. And this program has come to you now for more than 15 years focused on providing Valuable health information about services available right here in our region. Tonight our focus is on the role community plays in shaping our area's health care system. From cancer care, developing the health care workforce of tomorrow, to the special bond created between patients and caregivers of the tiniest of patients, to honoring the legacy of a family by generating donor support for local services. We will touch all of those points on today's program. First, how community makes a difference to patients in the midst of cancer care. We welcome to our program Jessica Luxon, the Administrative Director of the Catholic Tri-Cities Cancer Center. And Jess, thanks for taking the time to join us. First question, when I say the word community, what comes to mind for you in the context of cancer care?
1: Um, honestly, having grown up in this community and I'm an oncology nurse as well, my mom's an oncology nurse. Um, and so I, I think about what we have created here in our community and finding ways to keep and support our, um, our, our people. And, um, it's kind of my mission and life's work to be able to, um, you know, support our team and, um, offer good cancer care.
0: And by the word support, what do you mean? Is it obviously the focus is on the clinical treatment and, and all of that that goes into that. But it, by meaning the, the support, is it, you know, the extras, uh, the so-called extras, if you will?
1: I think so. Um, honestly, it's making sure that we offer everything um, and, and our patients don't have to travel um, and and that is advancing the programs we have from our navigation services and our social work and our dietitian um, to you know physicians that have been here um, for many years that you know are on top of all of the newest research, um, making sure that we offer these things right here at home. Um, and so it's so many layers. We've, we have over 170 employees that help us move patients from positive pathology through survivorship. So it's, it's, it's all of those pieces that come together.
0: And you mentioned that, the, the incredible professional expertise and all of those 170 people that you touched on also possess that, that service mindset, I'm sure. And, and is that one of the keys uh, when someone gets that cancer diagnosis? Because there are so many elements to it that, uh, you know, the, the, the seamlessness, if you will, is, is, is what's so important.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it is about two years now since we have embarked on our full integration with Tracy the Cancer Center and Cadillac. Um, we're all in one building, medical oncology, radiation oncology, palliative care, um, navigation support services, um, same EMR. Um, the, the idea is that we serve such, not just our community here, but even um, even beyond some of our borders, people will drive to see us. And so we want to make sure that from the moment you get here, we make it as smooth as possible and remove those barriers that
2: are always there with healthcare
0: care and just by the nature of the types of care these patients are receiving whether it's radiation it's it's daily visits you know medical oncology it's regular visits uh, every two or three weeks depending upon the regimen so and again you're touching on these aren't just tri-cities commutes these are people that are coming dozens of miles if not over a hundred oh, yeah. miles
1: so yeah Connell and Othello and and hermiston all, all of all of the outskirts um, and and um, you know for us to be able to offer that, and depending on what your disease diagnosis is and what your regimen is, it, it's so complicated and it takes a lot of coordination. And so we want to make sure that we ease the way for the patients um, when they're here and and make it a smooth process. We're working really hard in the background to to communicate with each other and um, provide you know the best pathway forward.
0: And I know technology plays a key role of that, and a. One of the, the real hallmarks of, of philanthropy in the Tri-Cities community is the donors in this community that support Cadillac and the Cancer Center Foundation in so many ways. Um, maybe just a comment about that and how that's made a difference in the success of, of, the, of the team that, that provides Care Daily.
1: Oh, yes. I, I'm a huge fan of our, our um, Tri-City Cancer Center um, uh, Foundation. Uh, they have, um, with our donors, they have been able to support so many pro- programmatic things from our um, nursing clinical academy um, to you know advance our professionalism. Um, you know, uh, patient needs supports, copay assistance. Uh, recently, we actually had a fully funded um, HCR brachytherapy treatment machine. So, um, uh, with just a generous community um, donation, um, we're able to maintain our care and replace our existing machine and um, really advance, um, you know, our brachytherapy program that is already so incredibly robust.
0: And, and I should mention too, the, from a surgical standpoint over at the hospital setting, there's additional robotic technology that was also just brought into the operating rooms at Catholic to allow for additional uh, cancer related surgeries and mostly uh, by these specialists, um, and that also was made possible through contributions to not only the Cancer Center Foundation, but the Catholic Foundation, so a collaborative effort of philanthropy in this community, and, and I guess that, you know, I think next year the Cancer Center Foundation turns 30 years, Catholic turns 80 years of history, so so that's a pretty impressive uh, group of, uh, of caregivers and organizations and community members that are really rallied as you, I think you mentioned in your first comment, rallied around the people in the Tri-Cities.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the new da Vinci machine, um, you know, for, for our OR is, is going to be just, um, a game changer, especially for like our colorectal and gynecological surgeries, um, And, uh, we, our community is so incredibly generous and I think we're sitting in a position that, that other organizations aren't experiencing because I think, you know, nationally, healthcare finances are, are, are really troublesome and we still have this loyal support that goes right back to the patients, you know, and sometimes that's the benefit of being a non not not-for-profit in, in this area, um, and people are willing to support, but, um. It really, really gives back to all of the programmatic, mission-driven things that we want to do for for our community.
0: And one final question. I know the people part of it is vitally important, too, and and I know there's some new specialists that will be joining us. And you touched on the medical oncology group that has been so experienced and so valuable to cancer care in the community, but you have more on the way?
1: Um, actually, we have um, a uh, radiation oncologist who is joining us. Dr. Andrew Roerig is starting in August. Um, he comes from SUNY Upstate Medical University in New York. Um, he's originally from Washington State, uh, went to UW for his medical degree, undergrad at Whitman College. So um, it'll be really exciting to have a, a Washingtonian um, join, join the team. So um, growing and advancing our program.
0: And I think you touched on it—the fact that in, I think we've made the comment on this program for years, COVID or otherwise, recruiting healthcare professionals all across the pers- spectrum. But in the physician community, uh, they're in high demand, so that's quite a feather in the cap of this community that it can attract someone like that.
1: Absolutely, and I and I think it can also be called out. You know, we've had five medical oncologists that have been here, some um, going all the way back to 2009. Our, our medical director and having that body of knowledge um, on site where they're also still so progressive and smart in in their treatment modalities, um, you get better care. You don't have to spend time trying to find somebody to come and, and, you know, take over locums. You you have a team that can spend their time treating all of their patients with, um, you know, the newest and, and greatest type of treatments and technology. So it's, I feel like we're kind of a rare jewel.
0: Jess Luxon, a nurse by training and oncology nurse by training and the administrative director of the Catholic Tri-Cities Cancer Center. Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll talk more about community as we move into further in our program, and we'll do that right after this.
3: You're listening to Cadillac On Call on 610-KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall.
0: Welcome back to Cadillac On Call, presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. And our focus today is the role community plays in contributing to a strong health care system. Education is critical, especially when it comes to steering young people toward a career in health care. At Cadillac Regional Medical Center, an important program introducing healthcare as a potential career choice for young people. It's called, appropriately, Experience Healthcare, and the 2023 edition will unfold later this month at Cadillac. One of the people involved in developing Experience Healthcare is with us now, and we're happy to welcome Nancy Dahlberg, an administrative director of nursing at Cadillac. And, Nancy, I know you are a nurse by training. Why don't you just begin by sharing a brief overview of why Experience Healthcare exists and what these students learn?
4: You know, I'm always excited to talk about Experience Healthcare because we consider this one of our pipeline projects. And it not only helps uh, kids in the community decide what they want to do as they go to college or into a trade, but it also helps our staff to reju- reju- rejuvenate ourselves when we get to spend time with these kids. So we have about 40 kids who come to camp every year. We spend a week with them and let them experience what happens in our clinics and our hospital setting and spend time with a variety of healthcare uh, providers. So anything from some of the kids get to watch a baby be born, to get to go into the OR, to spend time with a physical therapist or an occupational therapist, it's really an opportunity for these teenagers to see what happens in a healthcare or a clinic and decide if that might be what they want to do in a career.
0: I mentioned. You yourself are a nurse by training, and I know you manage a lot of departments and lead a lot of departments within the hospital setting. Maybe just a comment on why this is important so important uh, from your perspective and your team's perspectives around the hospital to have these types of programs to, to replenish the pipeline, so to speak.
4: You know, I think two different reasons. Replenishing that pipeline is huge, but you also want people who, actually know what they're going to get into. And so while this is just a taste of what will happen, a lot of people make career decisions without ever having any actual experience. And so what we see every year with these teenagers is them coming in and saying, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a nurse. And then we have them meet all of these different people and do all of these different things. And at the end, they'll say things like, you know, I never knew that there was such a thing as a respiratory therapist. Maybe I want to do that. And so I think at that age, they're so impressionable that it is really important that they have an opportunity to look at all of the different choices. And within healthcare, from our end of the puzzle, it is immensely satisfying to help kids discover that there are jobs out there that they are capable of doing. Uh, and we always need to be refilling uh, our holes. And so even though this is a project that we always consider we're looking for teenagers four or five years from now when we hold this camp, it gives us hope that there will be people there to take care of us when we need it, because <laughs> it's a continual group of folks coming into to different uh, careers.
0: And you mentioned that, that, that spectrum of, of employees, and I think it would really illustrated itself during the pandemic, certainly the frontline clinical caregivers are important, but these roles can be filled in a variety of non-clinical areas too that are just as important and meaningful.
4: Absolutely. You know, over the years we've had uh, staff counselors, some of them who have been with our information technology. uh, You know, it doesn't have to just be a nurse or a doctor or a therapist who helps guide these kids. And it frequently will be that they stay in touch with whoever their counselor is as they're getting ready for college. You know, it's somebody who is an adult who's safe to ask career questions of and help them kind of navigate what they want to do.
0: And you mentioned an interesting point in that uh, the people that serve as these counselors, the advisors for that week for these students, um, I'm sure the satisfaction they derive is just extremely meaningful and, as you mentioned, refills their cup uh, certainly in a time that's not been easy in healthcare,
4: That is absolutely true. And, you know, we have people who have done counseling once, and they will ask every year if they can do it again. And what we do is we really look for up-and-coming stars and give them an opportunity for that week. Uh, that It's a way to say thank you for all the care that they've done um, over the years at the hospital and to give them a chance to really you know, be prideful about what they are doing in healthcare, and to share that with others.
0: And are these high school age kids So maybe kids that still have or students that still have some high schooling left? And then the other piece is what they learn. There's also some in addition to just the, the observational and uh, clinical issues, but uh, there's even some team building and bonding in, in various ways.
4: There really is. So these kids typically have finished their sophomore year or in their junior and senior year. They have to be 16 years old to participate. And we build throughout the week. So they have a group of six other students that they're with with a counselor, and they work on a healthcare project so that they can learn about things, say, emergency management or what the risks are for strokes. And then they also do fun things like we have fake uh, skin that they get to suture and they go and have their blood uh, done so that they can find out what their blood type is. And we use our wonderful uh, simulation lab so that they can actually, you know, try things on a fake patient. So we run uh, mock codes and do all sorts of things, even as much as a Olympics uh, for healthcare one of the days so it really is interactive and what we teach them throughout the week is that any kind of job whether they end up in healthcare or in something else is about working with a team and that that group of kids that they're with that week is somebody that they have to depend on just as the other kids depend on them
0: you can hear the energy in your voice just uh, the, the excitement that you get as a as a leader in this realm I, you know i know in the area i work within catholic and that's our foundation and i know there's philanthropy plays a role in making helping to make this happen and maybe just talk about that and how that maybe ties this whole community piece together that the community donor donors are helping to make programs like this possible
4: absolutely you know the foundation is our prime sponsor for this event and one of the things uh... the year that we started in twenty seventeen was we said that we wanted to reach out to uh, teenagers in the community who might not get to experience something like this. And the foundation jumped on board that first year and has helped support us every year since. So as an example, this year we have spots uh, that are scholarshiped in for kids who might not have the, the resources to do this. And the foundation picks up that tab for it. Uh, They pick up the tab for the food so that the kids don't have to worry about whether they're going to have food during the week or not. And so we have people from community and schools. We have people from Boys and Girls Club. uh, We have parents who call us and say, you know, I'd love for my kid to do this, but I just can't afford a week of camp. Is there any way you can help? And we are able to say yes every single time because people in the community donate to our foundation. And then the foundation helps us to grow our next caregivers.
0: Time for one last question, and I know uh, there's been some success stories with this program. I think we've actually had a guest on this program a year or two ago who was enrolling in medical school share the story you just heard about today from a person who had attended this.
4: So I just received an email today from one of our 2018 attendees who had finished uh, college uh, earlier this in May, And she wanted to let us know that we had made um, a huge impact on her life and that just today she had been offered a job at Harborview Medical Center in Seattle. And so we know that this makes a difference for kids, and we know that what the community does, what our staff do, and what the foundation does really makes life-changing events happen for these uh, teenagers.
0: Well, on behalf of the foundations and on behalf of, I guess, the community, thank you to You and your colleagues that have so much energy to make this happen, and I hope it fills uh, your cups up again uh, because the the work that is done there uh, 24-7 is most impressive. Experience Healthcare, and if you would like to support it, you can make a contribution to the Catholic uh, Foundation in support of Experience Healthcare. Nancy Dahlberg, the Administrative Director of Nursing and one of the leaders and coordinators of Experience Healthcare Happening at Catholic. Back with more of our program right after this. Welcome back to Cadillac On Call, presented by the Foundations at Cadillac. And a reminder, if you missed any part of our program, Cadillac On Call is available via podcast. Simply search Cadillac On Call wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Our focus now shifts to the tiniest of patients at Cadillac Regional Medical Center. For more than 40 years, Cadillac has had an intensive care unit for newborns, known as a neonatal intensive care unit, or NICU. In August, NICU staff are teaming up with the Catholic Foundation to host a reunion for families and past patients. It will be held Saturday, August 12th, from 9 to 11 a.m. at the Carousel of Dreams at the Southridge Sports Complex in Kennewick, and the event is free and promises to be a memorable occasion. And with us to learn more is Anna Robel, who is the manager of NICU and Pediatric Care at Catholic, and... Anna, I know there have been numbers of uh, reunions in the past at Catholic for NICU families, and this one will celebrate more than forty years of NICU graduates. And I'm sure there are some amazing bonds that have been established over the years.
2: Yeah, Jim, absolutely. This is super exciting for us. We've had uh, we've done reunions in the past, but it's been quite some time. With COVID, we were just unable to get um, people together, and this is just such a meaningful um, event for both our staff and our family. Um, you know, as they walk out the door from our NICU, we hope and, and, and want them to have the best future. And, um, we've spent, you know, weeks, sometimes months with these families and a lot of times we don't get to see those outcomes. So, um, it's really one a great, great time for these families to come back, connect with their nurses, um, in the past and, you know, present nurses are, are coming to this and our, and our providers and, um, and, you know, just get to show off their kiddos and sometimes adults. Uh, we had a, <laughs> had a 32-year-old stop by the NICU the other day um, oh, Mar- who was born in our NICU, and the mom brought him in, and um, it, it's just fun. It's a fun time for us to be able to reconnect.
0: I recall that I believe it was a 20-year NICU reunion, and we had, like, re- high school reunion awards, you know, who came the farthest, da 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 and there was... Who was yeah. the oldest? And there was a, there was a twenty-year-old kid at the twenty-year reunion. And he was like a six-foot-three cowboy-dressed yes. guy, you know, and and he wasn't just some tiny kid. And I know that's one of the challenges is um, some of these big kids start really young, but they don't all grow up, stay, or remain small forever, right?
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and that's so fun to see. You know, we have these little guys walk out the door and we're just hoping for the best and it's so fun to see them um, later on in life even as you know little chunky little toddlers that you know that we have touch and go moments in the NICU where we're just not quite sure what's going to happen and then to see them as healthy um, toddlers strong children and successful adults is so incredibly meaningful for our staff and um that that poured their blood sweat and tears into these um poor little babies and their families and i think it's also meaningful for our families to come back um i've had a lot of um, families say it's pretty therapeutic for them to be able to come back and actually thank the people that um were a big big part of that really traumatic beginning for them so it's it's just a great event all around
0: I know some of the resources to make this possible are through the Catholic Foundation, but I know it's your team, your team of staff that is uh, doing the lion's share of coordinating this. Talk about uh, that and what that means to you as their leader, that this is kind of a homegrown organic uh, event that's going to be happening in August.
2: Yeah, I actually have been uh, not really a part of much of the planning because I have such an incredible team. I mean, they're just so dedicated and this isn't something um you know that's required by their job but by all means they just jumped in full force and are super excited to be planning this event and and having activities for the kids and it's I mean like I said it's just so meaningful that it was an easy ask and they are jumping in and and really planning this and of course our foundation is financially supporting and backing us with this. So it's it's a team effort and Our nurses and and even our HUCs and, um, you know, different caregivers are are very supportive and excited about planning it.
0: For some of our listeners who may not be familiar with an NICU, an ICU for babies, if you will, uh, maybe give a little bit of a perspective of these are very tiny babies, and you touched on it. Some of them require days, if not uh, weeks, if not months in the NICU.
2: Yeah, you know, we're what we call a level 3 neonatal ICU here at Catholic, and we're actually the only level 3 um, NICU in this entire region. And what that means is we take care of the highest level of acuity of infants. So we're talking infants that are on the edge of viability, 22, 23 weekers that are, you know, sometimes 300, 400 grams with see-through skin and fused eyes and need extensive interventions just to sustain sustain life and um, all the way to term infants that maybe need just a little bit of help um, right after delivery. So these extreme premature, very low birth weight infants that need um, lots of interventions, um, multi-system support to maintain life and to grow, um, stay with us for a very long time. I mean, if you're born at 22, 23 weeks gestation, just think a normal pregnancy is supposed to be about 40 weeks gestation. um, They stay with us for a lot of times through that, their due date and even beyond that when they're needing more support after that. So um, we bond with them. I mean, this is the families, this becomes a home away from home for a lot of our families. Um, They're with us for a very, very long time.
0: And I would say, as you touched on the fact that in most cases, when you know when families, unless they know there might be some, some premature chances of, for their children, but those that don't necessarily know that that's going to happen, when it, it can be quite alarming and sh- certainly alarming. But even you know just an emotional shock that it's like, hey, I wasn't expecting my child to have to be in a NICU. So all the more reason why this support, not only the expertise and care, but the emotional support the team provides.
2: Yeah, I you know I think a majority of our families, like you said, there is a few percentage that that does is aware that they're going to have a, either a premature delivery or some problems after delivery and expects to be in the NICU, but a great majority don't. Um, so it is a time of chaos. It's a time of grief. It's a time of fear, um, and just our families feel total loss of control at times. And so this has just become a really traumatic time for their entire family. Um, And, you know, we understand that, and we've been through that with many, many families. And so we treat them like they're the patients as well, and we um, we take care of them as well. So um, they become just as much of a patient to us than, um, than the babies are too.
0: Cadillac's NICU reunion will be held on August 12th from 9 to 11 at the Carousel of Dreams at the South Ridge Sports Complex in Kennewick. And, and I think we are calling it the 40-ish year because I think it's a little over 40 years since Cadillac yeah. uh, began NICU Care. But maybe just one, if, if folks okay. want to sign up, do you have that information? And you're already getting people signing up to attend. And I know it's free, so very important.
2: We are. We want to make sure that everybody feels welcome. If, if you have a NICU graduate, know of a NICU graduate that needs this information, um, it is open to their families, their siblings as well. We want them to come and enjoy and have a great time with us. They can go to eventbrite.com um, and just search Cadillac NICU Reunion, and you'll have all the information. We do want you to get those tickets. They are free, but if you get those tickets, it gives us an RSVP that you're coming so we have plenty of um, snacks available for the little ones and, and make sure that we have plenty of event um, activities planned for them. Um, so go ahead and go to eventbrite.com, search Cadillac NICU Reunion, and get yourself signed up. You can also search it on Facebook and um, in the events uh, page on Facebook, and and we should be there too under Cadillac NICU Reunion.
0: Anna Robel, the Manager of Pediatrics and NICU Care at Cadillac. The... Catholic NICU reunion again happening Saturday, August 12th from 9 to 11 at the Carousel of Dreams in Kennewick. should be a fun event. Get your tickets now. Got plenty of time to prepare. We'll be back with the remaining minutes of Cadillac On Call in just a minute. Welcome back to Catholic On Call, presented by the foundations at Catholic. And the foundations at Catholic consist of the Catholic Foundation and the Tri Cities Cancer Center Foundation. Both generate significant donor dollars in support of healthcare services within the Catholic system. And the Cancer Center f- Foundation certainly focuses its area of cancer support and will soon celebrate 30 years of community service from around the Tri-Cities area. And that support comes from a variety of sources, including a recently formed golf tournament celebrating the life of Brad Fisher, a longtime Tri-Citian and community advocate who passed away a few years ago following a courageous battle with cancer. And his family, led by son Zach, started a golf tournament in Brad's memory. And the third annual Brad Fisher Memorial Scramble will be held Thursday, August 10th at Zintel Creek Golf Course in Kennewick all proceeds benefiting the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. And Zach Fisher joins us tonight. We've given our listeners, Zach, some info about the tournament itself. I'd like to just ask you to begin. What led you to want to launch this tournament?
5: Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me on today. And really just wanted to launch this tournament to bring people together from our community uh, in my dad's name to raise funds for a great cause. My dad was a very charitable man. He cared deeply for the Tri-Cities and the community's overall development and uh, really didn't get a huge memorial service due to COVID. Um, So I wanted to do something in his name, and I felt having an annual golf tournament was the least I could do. I know the first
0: year was uh, benefiting his other passion, WSU, but I know last year uh, you hooked up with the Cancer Center Foundation, and I know you're actually... Uh, putting your, your action, actions into action uh, by now being a member of the board of the Cancer Centers Foundation. Talk a little bit about the why and, and how that is why that's so important to be able to support the Cancer Centers Foundation in such a meaningful way.
5: Well, I really wanted to work with the Cancer Center uh, simply because it's just touched so many families in our community, uh, including my own. Um, You know, almost everyone's been affected by cancer. And I think that's something I didn't really realize growing up. Um, But the cancer center is just so supportive. I mean, it's a great place for people to get treated uh, that keeps families at home. And that was a really important thing to my dad. Um, my dad was a longtime board member of the Cancer Center and, and was really an advocate of, of bringing more capabilities and, and recruiting talent to the Cancer Center. So I felt that was a passion of his that I wanted to support and um, just honored to be on the board and, and work closer um, with the Cancer Center itself.
0: Now, the golf tournament is. Uh...
5: It's, I know it's
0: a morning so it's, it's a nice august morning going to be the weather will be perfect as it was last year but talk a little bit about the golf tournament and how folks uh, how folks can participate if they enter whether they want to play golf or not
5: yeah we uh, you know we, we have a scramble that starts about 9 a.m on August 10th shotgun start uh, the last two years have brought out great crowds um, family friends people from all over the country uh, believe it or not um, if you'd like to play, uh, it's a four-man team. Uh, the, total, the total cost of that is $150 a person, so $600 per team. And um, we additionally have uh, whole sponsorships uh, going for about $250. Uh, like you said, alluded to at the beginning of the show, uh, proceeds go directly to the Cancer Center Foundation and um, you know, are, are spent in the discretionary fund there. And, uh, and additionally, we do have bigger sponsorships like lunch opportunities, um, and just events around the cancer center the night before we'll be at, um, fable, uh, the new restaurant on Columbia park trail, um, having an event for the non golfers and people who want to just get together uh, before the tournament starts, but, uh, mostly just have trying to have a good time, um, raise some funds for a great cause and, um, you know, try to hit the ball down the fairway.
4: (laughs)
0: And you touched on it, the fact that when you joined the Cancer Centers Foundation Board, and, and we had Jess Luxon, who leads the, the services of the, the, the clinical service of the Cancer Center. And when you joined the board, you touched on just, you know, with what your dad went through, you didn't really realize until that firsthand experience just how how it affects so many people. But I'm guessing the board experience, you're realizing, too, the, the incredible number of uh, not only experts in, Cancer care, but just the the way that they go about providing cancer care that has to be uh, meaningful to you.
5: It it really is. Um, Like Jess and you were talking about at the beginning of the show, uh, the capabilities we have at the cancer center are are really you know above all. It's it's when you go tour the cancer center, uh, the machinery and robotics that we have, uh, the new Da Vinci machine is is really. uh, just going to expand our capabilities and just the talent and, uh, and people that have, you know, the cancer center has recruited. Um, my dad worked, uh, you know, at the cancer, or he, he was really had a majority of his care at the cancer center. And, and I feel like people always, um, you know, encouraged, go get a second opinion, go out of town. And, and he was just adamant. He knew how, you know, how strong and robust uh, the cancer center uh, really was, and um, he they just provided a great comfort to my dad. He did go down to Houston and the Mayo Clinic, and and instantly came back and didn't really learn anything different. Um, you know, the Cancer Center was treating him very well. Uh, gave him you know all the information and talked to so many different specialists that uh, it just gave our family lots of comfort the whole time. They made it you know a great experience to stay here in town, especially during COVID. Um, we all really got to bond together and. I feel like those last few months together at home were just really special to our family.
0: Really quickly, Zach, if folks want to sign up, uh, what's a contact number or information that they could, could seek?
5: Yeah, if you call the Cancer Center directly um, and ask for the foundation, they should be able to put you in contact to me. Um, additionally, if you're on Facebook and search 2023 Brad Fisher Memorial Scramble, you'll be able to find an event page. Um, That event page will have links, uh, where to pay, um, where to register directly on Zintel's site, and it'll also have a flyer that has my contact information. Um, Feel free to shoot me a text, give me a call, and uh, we're just trying to have a good time, get as many teams out there um, as the course will permit, and um, I'm hoping for a nice August day like you, you said at the beginning.
0: Zach Fisher. The Brad Fisher Memorial Scramble happening August 10th at Zintel Creek in Kennewick. Uh, all proceeds benefiting the Tri-Cities Cancer Center Foundation. You saw community all the way through our program tonight. And thanks all of our guests for sharing their perspective. And thank you. We'll talk again next week.
5: This program has been
0: paid for by the Catholic Foundation.